Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the third episode of Eastern Conference Confidential, a podcast where occasionally we have two people, sometimes we have three people. I'm your host person, as always, Evan Valola, joined by fellow host people, uh, Ryan Allen and Brendan Doherty. Guys, how are we doing tonight? Um, doing pretty well. Well, I'm personally reeling with some, some USL transfer news, but um, I don't know if we want to yeah, uh, hop right into that. Um, but So... I mean, I was going to let you down kind of soft, but you brought it up, so let's just talk about it. Yeah, uh, Ottawa's mean, still your man. I don't know if I might have said something to upset Ottawa in the last like six months or so. I don't think so. I'm, I'm a pretty nice guy online. But um, they must have took offense to something that I had said or did because they they went straight for the heart with this. They picked up uh, Steven Humberto Fortes Dubo dos Santos from the Rhinos. Um, I mean, his contract was up. But he had to feel like they offered him something, um, maybe more money, maybe more playing time. But, uh, yeah, Dos Santos was one of the more consistent forwards for the Rhinos the last two years. I think he had eight goals, zero assists in 2015, which is just weird how somebody can get zero assists over an entire season. Um, <laughs> but then this year he had eight goals again, but added five assists. Um, and I think... Even more impressive than his regular season haul is what he was able to do in the playoffs. Uh, red card against Louisville aside, um, I mean, he's the only guy who really stood up um, outside of Asani Samuels in the, in the final in 2015. But he had, um, I want to say, five goals over four games in the playoffs in 2015 and 2016. Um, and, you know, most USL playoff games are pretty even, um, you know not looking at the the Red Bulls Swope Park final this year, but, um, you know, somebody who can come up with a big goal or two um, in the playoffs, it's, you know, it's going to be hard to replace. So, uh, oh, where do we go from there? A bunch of, uh, and this is, I mean, this is every off season for every soccer league, but um, I, I guess we'll just go with the other, the, the other two big ones. Um, as far as the league's concerned, Chandler Hoffman uh, leaves Louisville City and uh, goes out west and joins Real Monarchs. Um, I guess my initial response is the rest of the Eastern Conference just exhaled really <laughs> hard. Yeah, Ch Chandler Hoffman was a uh, big impact for Louisville this year. It's, I'll be interested to see who they get to replace that goal-scoring threat. Yeah, it seems kind of weird. Um, last year it was Matt Fondi and he left after one season this year it was Chandler Hoffman and they both I mean they they weren't exactly you know identical players but they did similar things on the field and a similar system for Louisville the last two years so Louisville is kind of based around a like a big center forward um, who bangs in most of their goals um, I feel like they're just running through the gauntlet of like similar players on football manager um, but it is a little weird like what do you guys think about choosing the monarchs like is that directly related to you know the, the the chance to trade with the mls team or yeah so rsl isn't exactly a young team right real salt lake uh and they don't really have that like big impact forward um so i, I think part of it for right. hoffman because it, it can't be playing time <laughs> he's getting plenty of that um, and, you know, I don't know if it was they're going to offer him more money. 
I don't know if it was that he thinks he can make the jump to MLS by the end of this year or next year. Um, but I, I would think that MLS affiliation has something to do with yeah, it. Yeah, I feel like um, Monarchs have a little bit of a track record of you know sending a forward to their MLS team. Um, I think that happened with Canadian Emery Welshman. Um, but I don't think he's made his MLS debut. He played 2015 in um, USL, then signed for the MLS side, but then played all of his minutes back in USL again. Um, so I don't know if that's really what Hoffman is going for. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, is there is this something that should worry Louisville fans? That I mean, they have a system set up to provide chances for a center forward, and then after each season, their talismanic center forward, you know, quickly bolts. Like, the season's been over for, what, three, three, four weeks? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not sure if Louisville should be too worried. They did sign 11 new or players from their recent roster of 2016 to stay on with them for 2017. So they will probably be just as strong as they were this year carried into next year, which overall being competitive is probably their ultimate goal, and obviously winning championships. Yeah, when, whenever, especially in USL, um, I mean, we've already seen it, the amount of moving parts um, just between the league. And I, I know this year is an anomaly just because you have Ottawa and, and Tampa Bay coming in. Um, but to have 11 guys come back from a really strong team, um, and, and I mean, some of those are, are big guys um they don't have uh ranjit singh i guess is close but he's not um not quite signed on yet and on top of that i mean we're talking about forwards cameron lancaster uh signed again so i don't know if he has the the same exact skill set that a chandler hoffman gave louisville city and, and why they were so successful but uh that's definitely a guy that's familiar with the system and i think that more than anything that you know, not having to go out of your team to try to yeah, find a guy. Yeah, just real quick on that. Um, I mean, is a, is a um, big help. Up in Rochester, we've seen the benefits of having a guy stay around, even if he wasn't, you know, wildly effective in his first season or even his second season. Look at, um, you know, Brandon Miller was a backup, and then for two years, and then he was third string for one season. And then out of nowhere, um, he he's like a brand new impact signing, um, goalkeeper of the year last year. Um, to a lesser extent, somebody like Mike Garzi, who's been a utility midfielder oh, for the Rhinos for three years, this, I think was his fourth season. Um, and he, I mean, his role kind of changed. He wasn't the ball winner. I think he grabbed a couple goals in league play, and maybe another one in an open cup. But you see somebody who is familiar with the coaching staff, knows the system. Um, they can change their game to be effective in their second or third year with the club. And uh, he does a really great job yeah. of calming yeah. you down on Twitter, <laughs> apparently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and so uh, to piggyback off of your uh, not having an effective first season but maybe showing something in the second season, uh, Jamaican right. international, which is still odd for me to say, but two-time out of three appearance goal scorer Corey Burke re-signed with Bethlehem Steel, which is not the other big signing I was talking about, but it was important. Um, a guy, again, like kind of disappeared second half of the season, but um, 24 years old, 6'3", 170, um, big target man, 
And uh, scoring for Jamaica is no easy feat, regardless of who it's against. Um, and I think Bethlehem really hoping that um, he will produce for them more than he did last year. Yeah. Um, I think that's a, it's a good show of faith from uh, the team. Um, and, I mean, 24 isn't that young, but when you consider that, you know, he moved out of the country on his own for the first time when he was 22 or 23, that it can take a little, <laughs> little right. time to get settled in, um, just like in your personal life, let alone what's going on in your job on the field. Um, but well, And I think we've heard the Jamaican Football Federation soccer time and time again say they want a lot of their guys up in, right. in at least USL just because – I tried. So when, when Corey Burke came over, they were like, oh, you know, he was second in goals in the Jamaican Red Stripe Premier League. I couldn't tell you if that league is a pro league, if it's a semi-pro league, if it's a <laughs> bunch of high schools that play together. It's one of those things where I think the, the level of play in USL is, is so much higher than the Red Stripe Premier League that I think sometimes for those Jamaican guys coming over who are younger, uh, their first experience in either a pro league or just one that's got a bunch of those guys, you know, like um, – even uh, Dante Leverock or like a Mitch Hildebrand or, or uh, you know, those guys that have U.S. soccer experience, um, it can be it can be intimidating. So we'll have to see how it goes. But I, I, they know what they have with them, and, and they like it, and that's good enough for them. Mitch, speaking of Mitch Hildebrand, he was also one of the notable re-signings for FC Cincinnati. Goalkeeper of the year gets to stay another – season at Nippert Stadium. While we're on that train, I love this. This is great. We're playing. It's like a, it's like weird word association, but it was with, with transfers. <laughs> uh, another goalkeeper that's moving, which this one was was surprising uh, for a couple reasons. But Kiesel Broom moving across the state from Harrisburg to Pittsburgh. Um, didn't see that coming, but it's happened. Yeah, um, it's a little weird to see two teams, um, you know, that don't really like each other, to see a player go from one team to another. Um, and I'm not going to put Kiesel Broom on the level of, like, a Sol Campbell, but it is a little weird to see a player go from, uh, <laughs> you know, one side of a probably the fiercest rivalry in USL to the other side. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, Pittsburgh, that's a good start. If they're going to, if they're going to start to try to make a, make a play and become something in the, in the East, um, Kiesel Broom is not a, not a bad guy at all to have back in the net. Would they rather Zach Steffen? Yeah, probably. But, um, given that I think Columbus is going to pick him up and just roll with him in MLS, Kiesel Broom, not a bad replacement at all. Guy that's been there, um, knows those teams up and down, is effective. Um, I don't think they're going to bring him up to, to Columbus, um, but he'll be uh, a really good fit for that, that system in Pittsburgh. Other various transfers include from Charlotte, who re-signed um, Enzo Martinez and his brother Alex Martinez, joined David Estrada, Joel Johnson, among other uh, re-signees for Charlotte, who should have another solid roster for this season. Yep. Um, <laughs> Brendan, not to keep driving stakes into your heart. Um, yeah. I'm Onua uh, Obasi. Uh, 
Yeah. Got it? Yeah. 2015 USL Cup champion yeah. with the Rhinos. For a little background. Uh, also joining the capital city of Canada. Yeah, he, played, he played this year with them in season. NASL. Good alliteration um, As the Lance Roseboom. And I, I feel mm-hmm. like for at least a couple games, Johnny Steele also played for them before he transferred. But those are all three former Rhinos players. Um, Obasi, yeah, it's always it's always a little um, tugs on the heartstrings whenever I watch him play in a different uniform. But um, he's a really great attacking left back. Mm. Um, real lanky dude, not somebody that you would ever pick out as a left back. But um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what Ottawa actually pulls out because they brought over. We had we had mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Um, like we wondered how many players the the Rowdies and the Fury were going to bring over from NASL to USL, um, and I, f- I think I saw the Fury brought right. over almost a dozen players maybe, including their you know new Canadian attacking midfield yep. sensation Carl um, Hayworth. Um, so Ottawa should have a pretty obviously a decent wait. squad for USL. I cannot wait. Um. Hayworth like a, is uh, going to be fun. The USL Twitter account was already tweeting, like, you know, really proud stuff about Carl Hayworth, who's never played in their league before. But <laughs> okay, take him I, where you got him, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's one of those things. And uh, he's in your league now. It's official. Why not? You know, and and. and, and not to not to set this up to be a really petty war, but I mean it's another thing that NASL doesn't have. I mean we don't have to um, be petty like that because I'm pretty sure people yeah, working so, in the offices of both of those leagues are already far petty enough. <laughs> That's fair. That's true. We, we, so just by taking one shot, we've uh, we've we've taken the moral high ground. Um, trying to think other news we got going on. Um, St. Louis oh, adding yeah, from, a bunch of people. The, are they in the Eastern Conference? Because uh, mm. I know they I have no idea. a bunch of uh, Preki's favorites from Great point. from over on the West Coast. Mm. <laughs> nope, Western Conference. Abort. <laughs> Ignore that. it. <laughs> Doesn't matter. At least until more teams Irrelevant. are announced yeah. in a month um, and St. Louis is back. Right, yeah, yeah, and until uh, a couple other teams from a um, different league that will not be named for fear of um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so we grave repercussions. We kind of ran out of news, but I guess we could talk uh, about the non-news. Um, yeah, we can start to speculate a little bit. Do you guys want to? Sure. Just, I, I guess we can just do that. Um, everyone's favorite Twitter source for USL news um, tweeted once again that uh, the USL has been preemptively, I guess, accepted for the. I don't yeah, want to. I don't it, even know it, how to phrase this. The gist of it was basically that they had gotten being wrong word that USL would be approved for the next for the upcoming season. Which, just going off of everything that's going on with US soccer. <laughs> other than 4-0 losses to Costa Rica. Um, why – too soon? Okay. Uh, why Why wouldn't you let this league jump up and be the number two? 
I don't know, maybe they're trying to um, just see what's happening with the NASL and what teams will be existing in that league next year, if the league will exist yeah. at all. Yeah. Well, we know the New York Cosmos will exist. Yeah, so we're looking venues right next to Harlem Globetrotters. But, um, There's that. I mean, I don't, I don't really... <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, shout out to Ryan Ricker, by the way, scoring the, the winning penalty mm-hmm. in what might be the last ever soccer bowl. Um, Ryan, uh, from me to you, we uh, at Bethlehem still need a right back in a way. And uh, no hard feelings. Just come back. Um, everything will be great. And we can just go on from there. So see you in 2017. Um, great. Yeah. So uh, and then, uh, yeah. So why you wouldn't uh, let USL be the second group and basically just make it the NHL, AHL kind of kind of dynamic um, is beyond me. Um, I, I really do. I agree with you, Ryan. I think it's just kind of a let's wait and see what happens. And then as soon as we kind of figure out who's going to be where next year, uh, we can, you know, get the, the divisional. Yeah, I mean, I don't stuff think figured out. I don't think there's any benefit in making the decision now rather than waiting until January or February to announce the decision. But I mean, also keep in mind that USL have been talking to you know the same people who are on the U.S. Soccer Board of Governors or whatever their executive committee is called. Um, even if they hadn't officially submitted the application, so they had been talking to those same individuals for a year and a half now. Um, and it's come up in U.S. soccer executive committee um, minutes for this whole calendar year. So, uh, I mean, there's there was bound to have been some feedback from U.S. soccer about, you know, you meet you guys are going to meet these criteria, you're not going to meet these criteria, you're going to have to get waivers for these. Um, so it's not just like right now is the first time U.S. soccer is looking at it. They've been looking at it the whole year. Um, so, I mean, if you take nine months to make a decision, what's what's the harm in waiting ten months, I guess? Yeah. yeah. It just means that there's nothing really to talk um, about on that news front. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like you're saying, I mean, most teams don't start preseason until February. It, I mean, and really, it'll depend when the season actually starts this year. Because, you know, the farther up they push the start date, because that's where I'm assuming it's going. I don't think you can start it the same week as you as you did uh, last year. But the farther up you push the, the regular season start, the earlier people have to um, to plan their preseason. Uh, and, and I think, you know, when, when those two dates kind of fall in line, we'll see uh, an announcement a little bit right, before then. Uh, I guess the, uh, there will be an announcement in Carolina probably before U.S. soccer makes their official announcement. Yeah. December 6th. Yeah, if you go to their website, <laughs> it's just a countdown to it and sign up if you want to be the first one to know what the announcement is. Yep. Uh, <laughs> because right now they really have like the worst <laughs> eh, no nope, not true the second worst <laughs> in American soccer Harrisburg City Islanders. are they still called that anymore I thought they no but I'm refusing to call them what they want to be called because no one else is doing it either City Islanders it, Football Club excuse football me football at least spelled in English 
Okay. Because you see a lot of like, yeah. NPSL clubs that spell it. Yeah, but the weird thing of? is... Football. Love it. Uh, the weird thing is everything else, like literally... <laughs> so if you go on any USL team site, all the other teams pop up above what you're looking at, like any other sports league. Their logo there is still the palm tree. <laughs> Their logo in their little thumbnail, if you open a tab, is still the thumb tree. And on top of that, their every uh, like name of the thumbnail is Harrisburg yeah. City Islanders. <laughs> so uh, they really haven't committed too hard to rebranding. They changed the URL, and that's what's important. It's true. It's true. They are just CityIslanders.com now. And they're at City Islanders, and their Snapchat is City Islanders. So, uh, you know, yeah, where it counts, they got like it. This rebrand was more, you know, it wasn't so much about how the team is presented. It wasn't so much about making a name that makes sense. I think it was just so that it could fit their whole name no. in their their handles on, on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> And I always just call them the uh, city well, islanders. Uh, right. Well, and, and the funny thing is, so uh, for those not uh, up on central Pennsylvania um, geography, um, as the as the resident Dolphin County uh, native uh, in the podcast, being that I was born there, not that I live there, uh, there is an actual island in Harrisburg. There is a there is a city island. And that is why they were called the Harrisburg City Islanders, because they played there forever. <laughs> they no longer play the, there. I thought one of the venues they played at was and on the top baseball of that, stadium. Uh, on last City year Islanders. they played in two different... Or was that the year before? Mm, I, okay, wait. That was the one <laughs> I went to. You cross a bridge. Mm. I'm assuming <laughs> over that bridge is the City Island. Um, I didn't... I didn't and you couldn't hold your breath that to, long anyway. So you had to uh, but, um, no, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had to, I, yeah, I didn't take my car. I, I swam. Um, no, but, uh, and so I think really what it was, was they rebranded in a weird way to, um, reflect the more, what's the corporate speak? diverse audience they were going to be trying to capture by playing in two places, both in Harrisburg City and over in Lancaster. The um, wide expanses of Dauphin County. Really work. But it, but it's fine. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's so uh, booming in population. <laughs> Sorry. I could slag off on them all day. I won't. It's fine. Um, this is the team also that wanted to uh, relocate in, in uh yeah, that was 2015. I think I believe preseason February ish. They were using the threat of yeah. They were using the weird, threat of going weird timeline to for that one. Tennessee in order to try to squeeze stadium money out of. They were um, out of either the county or the city. <laughs> out of the state of Pennsylvania, who yeah, didn't like you might have, have a budget to look into that before you tried to squeeze budget money out of. Well, so it was this. It was this thing where where the county itself gave Harrisburg like four hundred twenty five thousand dollars, I think, to research where they wanted their new stadium to be in the county. So they came back with something, and they and they were like, "Here, we want to be here. It's going to be forty five hundred seats. Um, we need like 
twenty million dollars. I think was the price wow. point. It was it was in the it was in the double double digits of millions, and uh, the governor's board of the budget. Uh, this was Tom Wolf, the the current governor of Pennsylvania's um, first full year as the governor. Um, there was no budget, and when you have a a soccer club coming at you and saying we need twenty million dollars, <laughs> or the schools coming at you and saying hey this is we need a budget, you kind of prioritize. So I think it, I, I think part of it was Harrisburg just had a really awful timing, and they just lost their partnership, or they dissolved rather their partnership with the Philadelphia Union. So I don't know if they thought they were going to get um, some money from the union or, or whatever, but uh, none of it happened, and now they're they're here in this kind of perpetual like little engine that could slash constant right. rumors of. Except now, um, despite, you know, in addition to being stuck in Dauphin County, they've also irritated everybody that, you know, is in a position to help them out in the future. Um. Yeah. Well, and, and, and not to mention, um, trying to cover them and just trying to get information and, and working with a lot of people over there is way harder. But it's than really it, easy it to, be, uh, has to be. try to buy those Christmas in July jerseys that they had this year. R two D two one's still my favorite. <laughs> but yeah. Guys are are, are we uh are we, are we done? I actually wanted that, to bring up with a- Richmond. They're actually proposing a new stadium deal for a forty-year yeah. lease at um, City Stadium, which was built, which is I think now one of the oldest stadiums in the league since Legion's no longer a part. But twenty million dollars at least into renovating the entire place for in, in exchange for the kicker staying there for the next forty years. Hmm. Forty years is that? That's government money. I thought uh, Guys, the owner I, of the of the kickers was like super rich. Um, oh crap, is that his name? Yeah, that's his name. It was a proposed bill. Do they need, a Do they need twenty million dollars? <laughs> <laughs> well, you think that's how that went? By the way, when they were talking to the council. They were like, yeah, $20 million, and they're like, 40-year lease. And they're like, okay, we'll take it. And then it just happened, and neither side kind of really they wanted it to kidding. be that long yeah, over that much money. the other one to start laughing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they both just kind of said it to be like, oh, yeah, what's the most ridiculous thing we could tell you? And they both agreed, and now we're here. Uh, no, but, I mean, good for Richmond. It's one of those It's one of those big, you know, like long franchises of, of USL, and they finally get to um, start – at least renovating a stadium that yeah, if nothing else if they just spend it. if they just so, spend the um, whole 20 million dollars always on good to up s- a windscreen um where the commentators sit during their games yep. that would be worth it to me mm. <laughs> windscreen and then make the one part of the press box that's on camera off camera it's real easy richmond we just told you how to do it <laughs> step one that's all i need mm-hmm. boom how much money does that cost? Like three hundred. So uh, write your Richmond council man or woman and tell him or her that we have solved their problem for. <laughs> I I don't even know, a thousandth of the costs, right? Something <laughs> like that. But yeah, um, 
I mean, there's going to be more transfers that come out. I feel like it was kind of weird that there were so many announcements in the past week, but there will be more signings, players moving from one team in USL yep. to another. Oh, yeah. Um, but, I mean, yep. this is News what I've been telling myself um, as, a, as a Rhinos fan, but, I mean, any other team that loses players, I mean, the, the step up from not playing professionally to, you know, making uh, making yourself stand out in a USL preseason isn't that much. Um, and there's so many coaches in this league, like uh, mm-hmm. Bob Lilly or Bill Betcher, if uh, if Harrisburg's still around in the spring, um, that can find players, um, so many players, uh, out of nowhere um, through their, you know, they've been doing this for 20 years. They got a big old Rolodex. Um, they can find players and turn them into USL oh, yeah. quality. Um, so there's always there's always more players in the player pool. Of course. All that being said, next couple weeks, news-heavy podcasts. If you don't like hearing about player transfers and what we think about them, probably also, have Also, any listeners can tell us whether St. Louis will be in the Eastern Conference next year. Uh, that would be that would be great because. Yeah, do that. It it won't happen. Uh, but I'm terrible at geography. Let us and know. The only maps I read are maps from the USL mm. League office, so they make no sense and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Good, yeah. The ones that Google gives me when I try to go places I've never been to before. <laughs> Ryan, anything on the uh, in the Carolinas? How's the how's the whole PDL thing going? For uh, it seems like Wilmington will be having a few other teams. Uh, Tobacco Road FC was announced as a PDL franchise, joining us with the Carolina Dynamo and the Charlotte Eagles. So it'll be interesting over the next couple of weeks. Um, is there any idea who would coach the PDL side? Because the, the USL coach got a new job, didn't he? Yeah, he uh, got a job as an assistant coach for Real Monarchs. That was announced a couple of days ago on Twitter, I believe. And I'm not entirely sure with the PDL side. I believe it'll still be played at Legion Stadium. There's just been not as much communication with as much of the community down there on what the situation has been for next season. I heard that the Ottawa Fury have tried to sign every member of the Hammerheads support <laughs> ahead of the 2017 season. Um, no one has confirmed that with me, but I, I, uh, I heard it. Um, they've been signing everything else. Um, a <laughs> couple billboards, um, the whole team. Um, they actually hired someone to interpret in American Sign Language. Is that different than Canadian Sign Language? Um, so they signed someone to sign. <laughs> um, it, it is, but it's a, it's a, it's a minuscule difference. Um, they're also trying to bring in an Australian market, so they will sign someone to sign Australian. Uh, yeah, no, but uh, uh, Tobacco Road FC, by the way, when you said that, that's not a great name. I get it. It stands out, though. But it's not a great name. It does. It's true. It's true. God, love some PDL talk in here too, Ryan. That's that's your forte <laughs> for next year. Um, <laughs> guys, are, is that? I'll inquire again. Is that that's is that all I got, got this yeah. week? Yeah, that's all, all right. I got. Um, do do me a favor, gentlemen. Um, tell people where they can find you on the internet, but in a. Um, not as in-depth fashion so, as um, If you have any positive um, feedback for the show, you can get at me on uh, Twitter at DohertySoccer, D-O-H-E-R-T-Y. Yeah. 
soccer. And if you have anything negative to say about the show, <laughs> uh, you can holler at Evan and Ryan. <laughs> yeah, anything negative you can direct to me. Um, my uh, Twitter handle is at Valella. That is V-I-L-L-E-L-L-A B-S-F-C on the Twitters. Um, if you have any neutral feedback, you can send that over to Ryan. <laughs> and for me, you can find me on Twitter at ILM underscore Ryan. What? This is where I make you feel kind of <laughs> awkward. Your dad followed me on Twitter, <laughs> and I was elated. So, um, Mr. Mr. Ryan, um, if you're listening, <laughs> thank you for the follow. It was very kind of you. Um, not necessary at all, but uh, thank you for padding my, my follower stats. I'm sitting at a nice, calm, cool 133 right now. Um, on behalf of those two gentlemen that have just talked, uh, Ryan and Brendan, this has been ECC Episode 3, the one with three people again. Um, we'll talk to you guys next week. Sounds good. <laughs>